Welcome back to the Social Distance Podcast, everybody. George is stuck in, well, he's not stuck, but he's in America, so he couldn't join us today. So we've got a special guest, long time in the making, Rowan Dennis. He joins us today, which is great. We talk about the Vuelta, his experiences there, his attack on the final stage where he thought, you know, let's see if we can change cycling a little bit until he realized, you know, maybe it wasn't the time to do it. Uh, we, shit. we talk about psychologists, where do they, where, what's their place in cycling? Should they be independently sourced or should teams be supplying them? And we talk a whole lot of rubbish. We talk about music. Talk about music, uh, yeah. And um, expose on Sam Bewley, the liar. Exactly. And no, but it's been it was a great show with Rowan. So uh, I'm sure you guys will all enjoy it. Like, share, subscribe. Sam has created a whole new word for the English language. What? Click. Oh yeah. Nah, <laughs> I called James your prick. Like, share, subscribe. Let's, let's just run the intro and wing it like we always do and see what comes out of it. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Front mm. kick. Just getting bombed after the chat. My radar's going pretty hard at the moment, I think. We should... Will you Who shut up, man? Person? That escalated quickly. Oh, We're going to need to get some more qualified guests on the show, eh? <laughs> <laughs> George is a no-show. It's been a while since George has been a no-show, actually, but it's sort of refreshing. Not to it is. Here. It is. It's like I just I, feel like the pre- I don't have to try to like decipher some words that I don't know what they mean. And I just feel loose in the shoulders. Yeah. Like you know, yeah. you sort of tighten you up a bit. You don't have a little weight on anymore. Exactly. <laughs> no. So we got we got Rowan Dennis with us instead, which is actually like a bloody a bit of a coup. We've been trying to get Rowan for like I've been trying to get Rowan since May. Well, yeah. when I say I've been trying to get Rowan, I asked him once and he couldn't do it that day. And then I never asked him again until yesterday. But anyway, we've got him and he's into the office. He's just stepped off the bike at the Vuelta yesterday or Sunday. He's got a cold beer in hand already. Fucking love it. Nice. Love Not sponsored. Just got off. Yeah. <laughs> and he pulled up from the Vuelta. It was hey, fucking it was, hot. It was It was cooler than normal though. Oh, yeah. It was nice for the Vuelta. The, the roughest part was uh, waking up on Monday morning and having two kids to deal with for, how was it, three and a half hours on a train uh, mm. to Madrid, from Madrid to, to Girona. What was hangover? I, hangover, full hangover. Oh, like I remember geez. the last time I did the Vuelta in 2019, had a massive night on the booze. And then I got on the train and I was sitting next to the dockers Mitch, Lydia, and their two kids, and I and Mitch was hung just as hungover as me. And we sat down on the train, and he was just like, "Hey, Marlo, go hang out with Sam," and I, and just like plonk Marlo next to me, and I just had three hours just with Marlo. I was like, oh. "Mitch, you fucker!" We just like coloring things in, and <laughs> <laughs> did that to Chris actually. The last hour, I was like, "Here you go, Chris." Chris Harper, <laughs> like, jog on, mate. That's, That's fun. That's a contraception right there. Free, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> the best form. How are you pulled up? So you're obviously on the offie now. Um, obviously not going to the Worlds. I saw in an interview with you that you got your brother's wedding or something the day before the Worlds time trial. That's why you're not going, eh? Yeah, it'd be a short turnaround. Short be. Mate, your brother's stitched you up there. I'm, I had a mate who got married on grand final weekend and I told him six months out. I said, mate, what the fuck are you doing? And he goes, oh, no, it's all right. I said, no, it's grand final weekend. It's bullshit. You you, no, you've absolutely rolled me. I said to him, oh, like, late September's good. Uh, he wanted to do it in June, July. I'm like, yeah, that's probably really bad for me. At that stage, I was doing the tour. So I'm like, ah, 
really bad timing in Germany. I'm like, I know it's only a two-hour flight or whatever, but come on. So I was like, okay, cool. I said, late September, at least I should have worlds out of the way. He said, oh, in the end, the only time I could really get it is the 17th of September. I'm like, mm. that sounds really close. <laughs> oh, oh, fuck. Oh, well, goes, is- Where's the worlds this year anyways? No, nowhere big. Oh, it's in Australia. Ooh. Fuck. Ah, sorry, mate. It's a long way. It's a long. Like I don't have a. What's the what's the bloody the quick plane? They Concord. Concord. That's it. Don't have a Concord, mate. I don't think that'd even get me there. No. <laughs> Didn't they? What's the Concord? They were out of action. Didn't one oh, crash well, and burn in France? Yeah, yeah, I think it was the last one that ever flew or some crap like that. Yeah, it didn't yeah. even refly. No, if he if he was <laughs> driving near the airport when it crashed, he saw the smoke. <laughs> If, no shit. Yeah, if he was there. He if was probably supposed the, to be on it, but he missed it because he had a big nod on the piss or something. Yeah, <laughs> hey, he owes me a beer, actually. He said he's going to give me one at the end of Welter. Didn't on he give you one? Time. He gave one no. to about 100 riders. Yeah, I thought he missed me. What beer was it, actually? Uh, Alhambra's or whatever. And they, and they were chilly, like burning riders' teeth. They were that cold. Oh, that's, that's perfect, Jake. That's, that's perfect. all you want. That's yeah. all good. That's all good. Oh, Way better than the old drink mix, mate. Drink mix can really stick it. But uh, it, it, it was there was a few stories from the Vuelta. Obviously, um, it was a real bastard that um, Primos crashed out. But um, I was interested in the uh, hoo-ha afterwards with poor old Fred Wright. You got to got to feel for that guy, mate. Like, yeah, like he, I, I don't know him super well, but my my own. Um, my own experiences from him is actually he's a, he's a real good guy. Oh, he's a real good guy. So I, I felt a little bit bad, but at the same time, I, I can't really comment because it's so hard to see mm. when everyone was spreading out and then it also almost happened behind them and there's no mm. overhead. They were just out of the picture. And I'm like, it's a tale of two stories in the end. Uh, who, yeah, who, was right, who was wrong? I know Fred isn't malicious. He's a bit of a sprinter. Was it just a locked handlebars? I don't yeah. know. Like, yep, that was the, shape, the, the, the bit of a shame with that situation is that, yeah, like typically you'd have an overhead, which they did have, but it didn't catch those guys. It was because <laughs> uh, Peterson was about 20 lengths in front of everybody else. But like <laughs> then that would sort of solve this, solve this situation in some ways. Yeah. You could look at it, dissect it and go, okay, it was quite clear this mm. happened or quite clear that, clear that happened. But like the, there's no evidence really to – say anything either way and you can see obviously primos was we spoke about it on the show um after the first rest day where we said like primos is coming you know yeah he's coming he was just going what getting better and better and better and like um rimco had had that little sort of off day that he managed quite well but he still had a bit of an off day and it was going to be a hell of a final week and and i think like the spectators, and I'm, and I'm sure you guys are absolutely gutted that you're like, fuck, now we're not going to have that crack at winning this welter from behind, which would have been unreal. And if anyone could do it, it was going to be Primoz. And then Primoz is obviously the most gutted out of anybody in the whole wide world. He's going, fuck, I think I had a chance to win in this, and now I'm banged up. I'm lying on my couch at home, scratches and bruises. He's obviously frustrated. Um, and then so just like in, in those moments, sometimes you say things that maybe you wouldn't Whoa. have said in different situation. You cue the yeah. ball up and get the one wood out. Just crack it straight up the middle. Mm. <laughs> That's the only way to do it. Because you remember, Bills, you, you wanted a better night on the Irish. You said, I'll get a full night on the Irish that um, Roglic is going to win the Vuelta. So I'm not taking that bet because I reckon mm. he will. 
by the oh, Irish. They're old school. Yeah, old, old school, school, mate. We've won the clock back. Yeah. I don't think I've been to Irish in about six years. Nah, I haven't been for a long time. It's died. I reckon one of the last times was when I left the tour in 2016 for what the third time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you talk us through that. <laughs> but a chat now with Rowan Dennis. We're going to wind the clock back to 2016. Take so us back there. That was the second time I left. Uh, and I was absolutely munted at the, the old uh, at the Irish that night. I'm like, oh. I got home, I think, three. The, the, the Irish at one point there was like a, a psychology center for busted cyclists because <laughs> there was always someone to have a bucket of gin and tonics with, just talk about your issues, and they'd always give you support going, yeah, mate, yeah, that's fucked. You want another one? Yeah, no worries. So, <laughs> so next time we see you at the Irish Rowan, we'll just go, oh, what's happened now? Yeah, what's going on, mate? Come on. Now what? Nah, now it's beer and bagels or bagels and beer, whatever. Yeah. Why it is exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't watch the last stage of the welter, but I read on Twitter that you were at one point a minute and a half up the road by yourself. Yeah, what happened there? Was that before the circuit or on the circuit? No, before you just have a no. launch. No, I didn't even really try that hard. I just went, I went up to the car and I said, Oh, can we speed it up a bit? Like, hey, come on, and to the, the officials, I'm like, oh, It's a bit slow, let's let's speed it up. And they're like, It is a race, you can do what you want. I'm like, Sweet. Is that a free pass? They're like, it's a race. I'm like, okay. So I just sort of rode off. I was sitting on a seat, like 160, 200 watts at most, whether it was uphill or flat. And downhills, I didn't pedal. And over the radio, they're like, Rowan, you got 40 seconds. And I'm like, sweet. Um, <laughs> then they're like, Rowan, you've got a minute and a half. Uh, maybe slow down. I'm like, I'm not pedaling. Uh <laughs> Then I'm like, oh, I think in the radio you can tell the, the tone. I'm like, oh, they're not really too happy with me at the moment. The, the director's like, oh, Rowan, you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. Uh, so I pulled over and I just hid behind a car. I thought, oh, if I can come in behind the peloton, they'll still think I'm off the front um, and they'll still be stressing and this would be funny. And over the phone, over the microphone, they're like, Rowan, stop. And I'm like, I've stopped. I'm hiding. So, <laughs> so then I rolled in behind and a lot – a lot of people didn't know. I'd actually stopped. I just cruised in through the peloton. And people, oh, you're back. Yeah. Sure, good. But I, oh, it was, I considered going full titties. Just like, you know what? I'm going to all in for 10 minutes and see what happens. I reckon I would have won. Yeah, I reckon. You would have had, by the, by the time that was over, you would have been five or six minutes up the road. And it would have been a real cat amongst the pigeons. It's a real, it's a real moral dilemma, right? Because like the commerce is exactly right. It's a race, you know. This is yeah. a the 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 final stage, stage twenty one of of any grand tour. It's just like a self made, self proclaimed procession that the pelotons decided to do. Like, oh, the race is yeah. over, you know. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do is we're all going to ride. We're going to let them have photos. They're going to drink champagne. Then we're going to get to the circuit, and you can race. And the sprinters are going to have their last shot at winning a stage. But like. When you think about the Champs-Élysées as an example, that is one of the biggest stages in a Grand Tour you can win. Like yeah. that is huge. That is that's the that's the holy grail of sprints to win for a sprinter. Yeah. But then everybody else is not allowed to in some ways. Like it's a really weird procession that happens. And like, oh, don't get me wrong. Like I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I love it. I don't want to fucking race anymore by the time I get to stage 21. But <laughs> but at the same time, you still have the right to do that. Mate, you're retired. You don't have to do this shit anymore. 
Nah. Yeah, you you missed a massive opportunity to change cycling, Rowan, because if you had gone off the front and won by 10, 15 minutes, there probably would never be a procession again because they'll go, hey, hey, remember what Dennis did that fucking for well done? Well, I'm, I'm not retired it's on. I'm not retired yet. Yeah. That's okay. really, hey. If it was your last race, maybe you do it. Like, oh, well, I'm going out, I'm going out in flames. Like, <laughs> I would have gone, do you know what? Radio out. Let's let's go. Do, do they still do that? The first person to cross the line is from the like the winning team or whatever. They used they to do that. Valverde. Valverde. But right. I, uh, I honestly, this procession and all that sort of crap. But this is taking the piss. Mm. I so when slow, I pulled over. I had nearly, it was nearly two minutes I had ahead and I, has, I honestly had 105 watt average. That's ridiculous. <laughs> like, the they were, I, at one point I was braking down a hill because we were going slow. That slow that we were, had to brake. I'm like, come on, guys. Like, I was just get, just get it done. Yes. I, got, I got beer to drink. Yeah. I got to, I got to enjoy my coffee. I want to get to dinner before nine thirty PM tonight. Do you reckon that? I reckon it's a real, a real New Zealand and Australian um, floor, or maybe not a floor, but floor. It's, certainly, <laughs> it's certainly something that just is quite, is quite um, we, share, we share in common. That like when they when they change these Grand Tour stages to late late races, like Madrid, oh, Madrid was one of the first to do it, where it was like eight thirty PM finish. Like it's actually really, really cool. Like, you know, you finish on dusk, the crowds are huge. But, like, I remember just going, really? Like, I want to have a nod the piss. Like, that's all you yeah. actually want to do at the end of the Grandy. You know, get to the after party, have a dinner with your teammates. And, like, that stuff's gone now. So, you're, like, riding along going, like, this is all well and good. But, like, I actually – I just want to finish this race now. Well, well, why not finish on a Saturday? At least it keeps it open. Yeah. Like, you can't do anything on a Sunday anyway. No, you, need, like, like, you can have a Sunday session in the morning. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it's the same. Same with the tour this year for even people not connected with the team. Like you do all your work, and by the time you finish, you can't even get a feed anyway. Mm. And you're like, "This is shit." I should be yeah, <laughs> six or seven in, ready to go to the duplex. Well, which one yeah. were you, Dan? Shit bloke, good, uh, good rider, or good, <sighs> good bloke? A, shit that's, that's a good question. Well, George isn't here good because rider. he's a great rider and a shit bloke, and I'm a shit rider and a great bloke. So yeah, that's arguable. Never, never miss a show. <laughs> that's arguable. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to uh, get uh, Rowan some shirts, some merch, Bills. Yeah, we have to. Yeah, beat own credit, mate. Well, he's on the offer now, so he gets the. Uh... Oh uh, yeah, you've I, got your own. You've got your own merch, don't you? I took the piss with uh, with some friends after 2019 when I pulled out the feed zone. I got ah. some that said feed zone critic. Um, <laughs> I thought it's actually not a bad uh, piss take, you know. Yeah, it's good. I like that because I think, like, obviously, you know, there's been. I mean, you're 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 a guy that obviously we know each we've known each other for a long time. We know each other well, Um, but there's always you know you've been you've had your moments, you know, or you've been involved in some moments, and (laughs) but like the thing I like about you. I'm trying to do this like kind of like, no, just, like just buttering, buttering the sandwiches. Um, you've had your moments. You've been involved with both, both, whatever. Yeah. But the thing, the two things I like about you is one, you've made a real effort 
over the last couple of years to identify some things that you could improve and made really, you know, made a lot of efforts with de- talking with other people, um, employing your own sort of group of people to help you focus on, you know, preparing for world championship time trials, Commonwealth Games time trials, Olympics time trials, you know, all those things, blocking out all the other stuff, focusing on what the things you can control. That's one thing that you've done, which is bloody like hats off, actually, when people can do that. Like a lot of fucking people don't, man. And secondly, you can take the piss out of yourself for those things. Like you just did right then with, you know, you made these T-shirts, Food food Zone Critic. Like if you can't take the piss out of yourself for things that have happened in the past, what can you do? It's it's funny. You see a lot of comedians getting shit. I'm not a comedian. But it's like they say, if you can't laugh at this, you can't laugh at anything. So if Mm. you find it offensive but you find that technically offensive thing not offensive then you're just a hypocrite really so mm. take the piss out of yourself also you take the, the the fuel out of the fire oh yeah in theory it would have been a lot smarter if i just finished the stage then went home uh <laughs> but history's history yeah, but it's, yeah oh, exactly it's all history move on, on and, yeah move and on think- have a laugh yeah, was it that was it that year and what year was the worlds in um in Yorkshire? That year. Yeah, so that year you were you didn't have a team basically after the Tour de France. And well, I did. I did until September 13. And right. <laughs> that I, I woke up, well not woke up, it was that night. I was having dinner and McQuaid's messaged me, he said, Oh, can we have a chat? Ah, oh, here we go. This will be good. Uh yeah, so I think it's a good thing, but not great. Uh, it frees you up. What do you mean it frees you up? Well, you've been terminated. Oh, wow. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. It certainly Fuck. frees me up. And then, did he change the subject straight away? Like, what, what's for dinner, mate? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, this is 9.30 at night. I'm like, well, that just ruined me night. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Ten days but, before worlds. Fuck. What am I going to do? The dinner was impressive. so impressive about that was that happened to you. And then... You know, there was two ways that you could have gone at that point. You could have gone like, fuck the sport, this is a, this is bullshit, rah, 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 whatever, and throwing the toys out of the cot. Instead, you went and w- did one of the most dominant displays at a World's Time Trial title in recent years. Like, you oh, yeah. were like, fuck it, I'm going to knuckle down. You got, like I say, you got your team around you to help you. You know, your wife, Mel, she's been a bloody massive supporter. And you went there and you absolutely annihilated the field at the at the World Champs. Yeah, but don't get me wrong. That night I was all right. I'm like, you are I, Mel and Mel was having a, a drink. I'm like, fuck it, give me a drink. <laughs> like, I got to have a glass of wine. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I need to just knock something off the top here. Then the next morning I've gone out, got into got into the garage, and I was still kitted up in Bahrain kit. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? And I lost my shit. I, I, I really... I, I haven't been that annoyed. You could put it as annoyed uh, probably since maybe I was a, a child and literally threw my kid, uh, my toys out of the, the cot. But, wow, like that was – and I, that, that whole day I actually considered – I did finish the ride that day uh, and I sat down with Mel. I'm like, I'm out. I'm out. Like, I don't want to do this shit anymore. But in the end, she's like, well, I'm not going to force you to do anything. It's up to you. I'm behind you. Like you said, she's always been my best supporter. But it was that day I was like, "Uh, 
I don't know if I can be bothered with this anymore. Before that, it was up and downs and whatnot. And then after that, the next day, it was all in. If I'm going to do it, it's all in. Head down again, pull what's happened behind you and and play it cool as much as possible and whatever happens, happens. And hopefully, whatever if it does end well, <laughs> gets your contract. If not, well, you'll be right, I guess. You'll, you'll figure it out in life. You'll, uh, you'll probably move back to Oz and... Things won't be so bad. Life isn't actually that bad up until then, really. It's been pretty good to me to sport in general. Jesus, can't complain, really, if I'm honest Mate, with you. How's the pressure, though? Like, how's the pressure going into that world's going, shit, this is this is all of it. It's all. It's like being at a blackjack table going, right, that's it. We're all chips yeah, but, in. Yeah, but you're thinking about it. That's also a good thing. It's all yeah. or nothing. Like, well, this doesn't work. Fuck it. Right, yeah, that's it. <laughs> it is what it is. I'm out. Like it is what it is. It doesn't matter. So, so how was um, the emotions then afterwards? Like knowing mate, you, you pulled a ripper, mate. I knew. So actually, I knew about 16k in. Um, yeah, about 16k in. They had a, a pre-split with the someone sitting on the side of the road, and they're like, "Yeah, you're about." I think it was honestly about 16 or 17 seconds up, and I was just tapping at that point, and I thought, okay. I'm going to win today uh, as long as I don't crash or puncture. Should be right. Uh, and then with 10K to go, I'm like, okay, I just got to ride a constant tempo all the way as in high, still race hard, but until the finish and oh, wow, down the front straight, I'm like, okay, I've just got to double check that I am actually still up. I, don't, I should still be up. And then that was the finish. So, yeah. Oh, do you, re- do, you, do you reckon what fascinates me with professional sports stars, right? Like there's, there's billions of cyclists across the world. Only a very small percentage get to be pros and make a career out of it. But you've got to have, like, you've got to be different, particularly your mindset. And in your field, like with time trials, it's a lot about equipment, a lot about, like, all these little minute things. So at times when you're surrounding yourself with teams, all this sort of stuff, what pisses you off the most in that process is it when people don't buy into exactly what you need to be successful? Well, actually, what annoys me the most is that if someone says, yeah, let's do everything possible, and then you go, okay, cool, this is what's going to give me a gain, this is what's going to give me a gain, you're like, cool, let's do it, let's do it. Then when you go, okay, cool, when are we doing it? They're like, oh, we're not going to do it. Yeah. Oh, why'd you lie to me? And that's actually what essentially annoys me the most and that's what i've said from that day onwards i said to any team i said whatever you do if there's a one percent chance of it not happening just say we will try our best to make this happen if it's then not possible like or just say no and if it does happen then then it's like okay cool that's a bonus but if you say yes make sure it happens that's the thing don't lie that's all the thing with like the thing with professional sport is like there's a there's a word that's used a lot in, in professional sports, accountability. And I'm a big fan of that word, but I'm a big fan of that word being used in cycling amongst the whole organization. You know, at the end, often what happens is that professional bike riders are paid well, you know, um, and there's a certain expectation on you to, okay, Rowan, the world champs time trial is coming up. You've been time trial world champion in the past. You've won X amount of time trials this year. Our expectation of you is to do every single thing possible 
to win the bike race, to win their world champs. We want you to go to bed early. We want you to eat well. We want you to, you know, spend weeks. Not go to the from, Irish. Not go to the Irish. We want you to spend weeks away from your family at altitude camps. You know, we, that's the expectation on you, and and that's and you do it. But then there needs to be an expectation on on the organisation or on the the team staff as well, where we go, okay, well, my expectation of you is to provide me with the best equipment you have. If we haven't got the best equipment that that we can get on the market, we need to find other ways to make the bike fast. That my expectation of you is to send me to the wind tunnel three times, send me to this, 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 and this. These are what I expect of you. And sometimes it doesn't always even out, you know. But at yeah. the, and and the funny thing in professional cycling, which is really really different to a lot of other prof- prof- professional sports, let's use football as an example. If a team is underperforming, you look at English Premier League. If a team is underperforming for an extended period of time, who gets fired? The coach, manager, the manager, and the coach. And I'm not saying that's how it should be in cycling. But (laughs) what happens in cycling is if you underperform for an extended period of time, regardless of how much work you've put in, if you've ticked every single box you can tick and things aren't clicking for other reasons, who gets fired? You do. And it's it's, it's a really funny system. So this accountability is quite mismatched sometimes. It's not not an easy You know why that is? You know why that is, Bills? Is the sports directors do not have as much control over the race as what they think they do. And there's a few sports directors that go, oh, geez, Jonesy, that's a bit harsh. It's true because half the time, they're bloody 5Ks back in the car. They're watching a TV that's on delay. They can set out a roadmap, but essentially, most of the time, it's the guys in, in the peloton or that are racing. They've got the feels of the race that, you know, have got more control. Whereas in a football game, you're on the pitch. You can see it and direct it a lot more closely. Whereas I think in cycling, I don't think they have as much Mm. They can definitely have tactical plans and map it out, but yeah, I think that's why. And I guess another difference in cycling is that you're actually outside of the control of the team coaches and management for a lot of the time because you, when you're not at a race or a training camp, you're at home, and you're there. And and in in a certain way, you're the team is trusting you to um, hit your targets and hit your expectations, but they can't control that like they can in professional football in a sense, I suppose, because those guys wake up at eight eight o'clock in the morning and they have breakfast at the bloody facility and then they train and they have lunch at the facility or it's, everything's really controlled. So it's the the same team, same team every week. I call, I call a bit of bullshit there as well, because there's so much, as you know, we've got training peaks, we've got our power meters, we've got, uh, we've got everything GPS. So we can't just, make up some bullshit file and or mm. get an old file because then it has a date on the file and it shows, hang on a minute, that was that was four no, months. you can change the date. You can change the date. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing you're retiring. So we know what you've done before, but <laughs> but yeah, like it's they can follow any everything anyway. The only thing they can't follow is okay, what are you eating? Mm. Actually, uh, a lot of time with um, we've got a we've got an app with uh, Yumbo that they can give us meal plans and and if we want to we can follow it when we're not at racing or training camp, which mm. I don't particularly like to do when I'm away from the team environment because then you're eating a different meal to your kids and your and your wife. You're like, I'm eating I'm eating this uh, this chicken this plain chicken with rice and a bit of tiny bit of salad and you're you're eating the nice curry mm. <laughs> what what's your 
what's your thoughts on like psychologists within teams? Because a lot, a lot, a lot of teams don't have them. And like throughout my whole career, I've had maybe one or two years where in Greenwich we had access to a psychologist. Otherwise, we haven't. And um, I, mean, on, I, was we, the, I was the untrained psychologist. Yeah, you're the right? untrained one. But like you it's say, your sessions are always at the pub. Always at the Irish. The Irish. What I found like last year, I guess, going talking about my experiences a little bit about um, there's an expectation on me to perform in a certain way. And I wasn't. And the reason I wasn't had nothing to do with the fact that I wasn't working hard. I wasn't doing the diet right. All of it came down to my psychological state at the time, you know, and, and I can push. Eh? You say you, you give in easy. You're like, ah, oh, fuck, I'll be bothered. Yeah. When you're at a race, oh, that hurts, but I just don't want to hurt more. But like, ah. and then, yeah, exactly. Cause you're just not there, but I was still training hard. I still, I still wanted to perform, but where my headspace was coming back from the lockdown, coming back from a big injury um, that I was still having issues with, I couldn't get the best out of myself. And I, and I do really believe a lot of that was the, the psychological state that I was in. Um, but that's, it sometimes seems like you can't, if, unless you access that outside of the team independently, which, you know, there's an expectation that you should do that if, if you're in that position uh, again. But there, there's, there's no, like, why can't my expectation be that the team helps me with that? Like, they did in some ways. But, like, that should be when I go back to expectations on both parties, you know what I mean? I've, I've got mixed emotions on that uh, just because uh, you could call it trust issues. <laughs> trust issues. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess that comes down to uh, an emotion. <laughs> okay. now, uh, Rowan, I, we need you to open up to this guy. You go, who the fuck's that? Yeah, like, what's his story? Like, all right, so I'm going to walk into this meeting that you employ him, and you're the guy telling me to come here. And then I go in there and go, that guy's an absolute flog that just told me to come here. Um, I know in theory you're not allowed to say that back to him, but who said you won't? Mm. Who said you won't? I'm like, that guy really pisses me off. Like, I can't stand him. He's an absolute piece of work. Like, fuck him, right? Yeah. And then, or you don't, not about him, you just go, oh, I'm sick of this person, this person, this person. They really shit me off. And they go, oh, but I quite like him. He or I might have a connection with him where he's a friend. He got me the job, and then one day we're out in the piss, and it's like, oh, I wouldn't be so sure about Rowan. He's uh, doesn't really like you, are? Huh? Oh, what? What was that? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, they just have to drop that little bomb by accident. Yeah. And you're like, all of a sudden, you think things are good, and mm. oh, I just I don't know if that happens. Like that's calling calling people out on something that might not have happened, but. It's something that I would rather outsource myself, and maybe the team team does help with the payment, but it's not an employee of the team. That mm. I think that's probably an independent. I think that's person. a better way. Yeah, hundred percent. Just seek that person out independently that you know that you trust. You can build you. You have time to build a relationship with. Yeah, outside of the influences of the team. Yep, and it doesn't. Not everyone has to use that one person. You mm. can go outsource them, and then they go and they pay the bill. Or they yeah, pay part of Because it's a great point because if that psychologist, for example, he's on good scratch and he got the job through a sports director or something, yeah. 
for sure, he's good at the sports director's going to go, how'd it go? What did he say? What's going on? Yeah. And he goes, oh, no, sorry, I can't tell you, mate. And then at the end of the year, he goes, eh, looking at your contract uh, next year. You might need a cough up. Yeah. Yeah, okay, mate. You just don't know. You just don't know. So I always have a little – we had, we've had uh, psychologists in teams over the years and I hold back. I hold back a lot. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm just not 100% sure. I'm just, I'm just going to keep it pretty vague here. Real vague. We, we had the same in the in the New Zealand track track cycling team years and years ago, before I was put on the road. Um, we probably didn't need psychologists as much as we needed just a leash or a shackle. But um, we 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 always we often had it. We went we chewed through about four or five of them because so, yeah, like we, we at that time we didn't really need them, you know. And they just came in and just got spat out through the program. And the t- and when I look back on it now, I think... You what dumped an all your issues on them and they were like, I can't handle this shit. Yeah, yeah they were seeing psychologists. <laughs> like, we... They were, but when I look back on it, when I reflect on it now as a 35-year-old man, reflecting back on a, 20, a 20-year-old Sam Bewley, I think to myself, what an amazing asset that, that, that they were providing us with. But like then, when I was 20 years old, full of confidence, I was like, fuck, I don't need this guy. You know, oh, so like so I'd go to the meetings, I'd, I'd, I'd amuse him, but I was like you, Rowan. Yeah. I was I was quite reserved. I wasn't really putting myself in a position where I would ever benefit from their expertise uh-huh. because I I was I was the same. I was like, ah, oh, what do I tell this guy? I don't and, and and sometimes I even felt like this guy's trying to create issues in my head that I don't even have. You know, yeah. You know, Are you I, sure I don't feel like you that, don't mate. need more sessions. Yeah. Are you sure you're not sad? No, I'm not sad. Are you sure? Uh, talking about the Vuelta, geez, I felt for bloody Jay Vine. Fuck, that was bad luck. Mate, the... I've never seen someone fly until that day. Yeah? I thought humans humans can't fly, but Jesus Christ. Well, he grabbed, I think he grabbed a handful of front brake, and with disc brakes, you cannot do that at all. Wow. And I just uh... saw this polka dot just go straight past me. <laughs> like Superman. Like, Jesus Christ. And then I obviously I'm like, oh, that, oh you just heard this crunching. I'm like, wow. One, glad it's not me. Two, don't look back. You'll probably hit a wheel. And then after a while, it settled down a bit and Froomey came up to me and goes, I don't think Jay Vine's coming back. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, oh, I reckon he's in an ambulance. I'm like, is that true? He goes, yeah, I heard that he's not getting back up. I'm like, doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I uh, we weren't we weren't going slow, uh, and I saw him fly over his handlebars next to me. Uh, I I well I know from a from funny story with you, Sam. I know from experience what that. I was just like. about to bring this up as you were talking. <laughs> I was like, this seems too familiar. <laughs> tell us, tell the I, listeners. So the twenty seventeen Vuelta we will flying through this little town and it was still break hadn't gone and i'm like well it was just gutter to gutter but obviously guys at the front a little bit more single file and ah some old lady she must have heard something going on outside and she thought i'll open the door and see what's going on uh as old ladies do they have this small dog don't they uh dog wanted to see what was going on as well and ran into the middle of the road we hit it um, I ate it pretty hard. Uh, I stood, I'm like, God, my hip is sore. And I stood up, I'm like, oh, I might have broken my hip or something. I'm like, foot's a bit, something feels weird. My foot's really odd. And 
best case scenario was what actually happened. I looked down, I was missing a shoe. Uh, so. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Rowan hit this little dog that's about the size of my laptop. And we, like, we, we had no, we had no, nowhere to go, no option. This dog just ran in the middle of the peloton. We were going like 60 or 70k an hour. And I was behind Rowan and he hit this dog so hard that his feet came out of his shoes and landed like 50 meters down the road. And I went over the top of Rowan. We're both lying in a heap. And I just remember looking over and I was like, where's your shoe? He's like, fuck like, no. And stood up with the, it was next to the dog and the shoe was in better condition than the dog, sadly. But <laughs> what happened to the dog? Another, the dog was the dog was a little bit stiff after that. I, yeah, I don't know what it, the result it wasn't of the dog in a was. Way, but you nearly got me dropped that day because that was still racing full gas. Oh, how hard we're was it to the, come back? Mate, we're on the car. I felt like forty odd minutes on the car, and you said to me, "You're like, <laughs> you lost your shoe," and I pissed <laughs> myself. And I, I was in so much pain. I thought oh, I cannot stop laughing. But obviously, we're doing sixty plus on the car. I'm like, I'm going to get dropped here. Like if I I can't breathe right now, and you're you prick, you. It was a long time. I'm like dropping off, dropping off. I'm like, don't just stop laughing, please stop fucking laughing. It was the day oh. before the rest day, first rest day, I think. Yeah, we had a steep finish uphill. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. And then it was yeah, it was a pig of a stage, hot. Uh, yeah, first rest day or something, and. I posted a picture actually on on my Instagram. You can see my bike in the in the distance. Me standing there with one shoe on, and Bewley's on my on my left, so on the right of the photo, just looking at me. And I'm just like, <laughs> I just couldn't believe you came out of your shoe. I was like, how does that happen? <laughs> the only other hey, time I've seen something similar was when a friend of mine uh, had had a pole out. We were out training, and it was really unfortunate piece of luck. And he ended up um, going off the, into the footpath and hitting a pole and the like the drink bottles came out of his cages and his sunglasses came off his face like whew, it's got stopped <laughs> fucking hell shit that, and then we just bounce up yeah should be right smash my helmet got a i got a new helmet on as in once I got next day again actually <laughs> I, I tell you ran, random yarns that video that you posted on the social during the week bills from that cricket game have you seen oh. that Rowan? No, this I haven't a, seen it. This is a cricket game in uh, Queensland. Oh, yep. guy, hits, guy hits a massive six. Listen. <laughs> Hear the smash. <laughs> and then the reaction. It's a cricket game. I fucking live here. <laughs> I fucking live here. You don't fucking pay for the damage. Oh, shit. <laughs> I love it. That one thing is just like, uh, <laughs> but, you could tell from the, the tone in his voice that it wasn't just a like, hey, who hit me car? It was like he wanted to kill someone. Yeah. So, I, that's not the first time it's happened either. He's like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. cricket run. Yeah. But I love the reaction where he goes, mate, it's a cricket game. It's have to go, you'll be right. You just had your back window annihilated. Mate, it's a cricket game. Sure. I live here. It's like, oh. And, and then how were they going to get payment sorted in the middle of the match? Yeah. And he goes, you got to fucking pay for it? It's like, all right, time out, guys. We need to sort this out. Let's come off the pitch. But how's the luck? 
he was obviously walking out of his house and he's seen the ball and he's like, it's his car. Wouldn't you try to stop it? But then, it was a real bassy smash sound too. So it wasn't just like a chip off a side mirror. This is it like full. It was square. It was square. Straight over. Yeah. Straight at it. Hey, Rowan, um, who's, the pick, who's, gonna, who's your pick for the world's TT then? Now. Oh. Ghana. It's only uh, short, isn't it? 34K or something? Yeah, it's technical-ish, punchy. Uh, now okay. there's now there, well, there's Ghana. I don't know if Wout's doing it. Um, so. If Wout was, I'd pick him. Uh, or there's Pizza Boy. Um, Who's Pizza Boy? <laughs> Vanderpol. No, no, Remco. He's sponsored by Pizza Hut. Oh, he is he? <laughs> is he really? Pizza Boy. Pizza yeah, boy. Yeah. He's like on the Pizza Hut ads in Belgium and stuff. We used to yeah. have a guy in Australia. He was Dougie. He was the pizza <laughs> delivery guy for um, Pizza Hut. Yeah, Dougie. Uh, Dougie. No, uh, oh, it's hard because I don't – obviously, it's like, again, you don't know what Garner's doing. Wow, he said he wants to go for the road race. I think not not the TT, but I think even if he did the TT, he's a pretty good chance. Um, and Remco showed his form – Recently, even on was a stage 10. Uh, if I had to put money on anybody, uh, I'd have to go Remco. Mm. Um, How do you reckon? Uh, I've never won a bet really when I put money down. So, like, probably a bit of a curse. I could be right. I could have, I probably wouldn't win many, uh, much anyway. He's probably won a dollar 10 or something to win. Yeah. But, mm. I don't know if he's going to bounce out of Welter as well as what he could. It's mm. a long way. Uh, I don't know if Garner's already there early. He's, he could prepare. You don't know, but just on pure form at the moment, you'd have to you'd have to pick Remco. Do you think on based on that, like how you said, don't know how he's going to bounce out, bounce out of the Welter? Is is of doing the Welter before the time trial World Championships actually quite a bad preparation? Because no. Sp- I love what it. about the time off the time trial bike? Nah, honestly loved it. Uh, first time I did it was 2014. I uh, finished the whole thing, but it was also in Pomferrata. So you went, I went back home and for two days or three days, and then I was still in Spain. So uh, wasn't it was a, a one hour flight. Uh, mm. So it wasn't there was no big deal. Uh, I came fifth that year. And the team time. Well, we also had the team time trial, which gave a little bit more time um, between, because uh, it wasn't it wasn't uh, after the the TT now. Um, I, and it was also a bit of a, a bit of an opener for your body in that position. It you it sort of you got a bit of work on that on that bike as well. Fifteen, uh, I didn't do it. Sixteen, didn't do it. Uh, Seventeen, eighteen, I did the Vuelta, but I did pull out on both of them. Planned, mm. planned. Uh, <laughs> not the feed zone, <laughs> not the feed zone. Uh, planned uh, stage fifteen and sixteen. Um, so that gave a little bit extra time to get home, recover, and do more specific work for for the TT. Uh, but it also hasn't it hasn't harmed anybody doing the tour as well. I think that residual, uh, your body sort of gets that residual just 
general fitness um, and strength from, funnily enough, strength, and you get used to hurting yourself. So you you can you can soak up the crap that you're putting yourself through in the TT a little bit better than someone in general that is that who just straight up prepares for a TT. Um, I find that's probably the best prep as long as you leave before you dig a hole. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. There's, yeah. There are a lot of positives, but there's, there is a, a fine line between digging a huge hole and just ruining yourself or absolutely nailing it, which when you nail it, it feels pretty good. And like you say, this year, is a, it's only a one-week turnaround, isn't it, from the welter to the time trial? Oh, no, the time and, trial's... And you got a time zone of, yeah. what, eight hours. And a 20-hour flight, yeah. Yeah. So it's a huge, a huge hit to the body. Uh, also, what I found is that being a shorter one, it, someone who does, does the welter, normally a welter would be close to an hour or just over an hour. And someone with that amount of training... Uh, or race prep and everything through the world so you've got you've got that added strength so you can keep going for longer whereas with a shorter one it's you need that uh zippiness um mm. sort of need that freshness to really the uh, punch and whatnot on especially on this course uh but you can't what like with bremco you can't really take it away from him he's he's uh uh, impressive with that, even when he is tired. Let's be honest. So, mm. yeah, that's why you'd have to go with him if you're a betting man. I'm not. Uh, I rather. I am. Money. That's what you are. What do you got? What do you got? <laughs> what about the road race? Yeah. What about the road race? Yeah. Uh, oh, first of all, you better get in first before anybody hears this, because if it gets out that um, I'm I'm giving all the the info on why Remco should be better, uh, then the betting uh, the odds will be shit. They're probably already what's, asked what's, what's Remco paying, Jonesy? Are you on the uh, tab now? Yeah, yeah. Hang on, mate. Just give me a couple of minutes. I'll get it out. And, and the road race. Ah, uh, well, we all sort of ruled out Poggy until Your yesterday. Pog, man. Well, yesterday or the day before when he absolutely yeah. smoked the sprint. Impressive. Uh, Pog's I, paying three seventy five. Well, Bernard three seventy five. This for the road race. Remco yeah. five dollars. They're short. That's not much value. Right. I think. I think the Pog. I, I reckon he's the bet. I yeah. Well, you can't ever rule out bloody Wow. He's a, no. he's an animal. Um, and being a more like a obviously Poggy's not. Not uh, bad with the technical stuff, but anything that's a fighting one day, uh, Wout would normally be able to save the energy a little bit better. Uh, Ala Philippe screwed. Um, I don't know I about like, the amount. For I like ben in Australia the odds because they don't know cycling. They've got George <laughs> Bennett paying four hundred to one. <laughs> <laughs> He's not riding it, is he? Nah. Wait, what about, is there a trifecta with him or anything? <laughs> nah, mate. Mate, Can you just do like uh, a multi, like an easy bit trifecta, yeah. just a box trifecta easy bit or something? Yeah. You, you think I'm a betting guy knowing that uh, I know that word, but I reckon there should be bets on if someone's going to finish or not. Oh, yeah. Well, then, yeah. I, do you remember back in the days when they used to do the head to head betting in Grand Tour? So you could be like, oh, yeah. who's going to cross the line first out of Sam and Rowan on stage 18 of the Welter? You could rinse the system oh, so easy. Mate, so one, easy. W- once I left Green Edge, 
I could then have a bet. Like, you know, when you're in Greenwich, yeah, you know, it's not kosher that you're betting on races when you just is get it, out of the it, team meeting. Oh, 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 kosher or legal? There's a difference. <laughs> Legal. But once I left Greenwich, I was like, oh, here we go. And I remember the 2018 Tour de France, I mopped up, you know. I, I got Trent in when he won his stage at like 21. They buy you. Once you start winning too much on cycling, they, you can't get a bet on. Really? Really? They, yeah, yeah. They go, nah, this guy's making too much money. He's out. And then I had to hop to a few different betting agencies and the same thing happened. You know, get Daryl Limpy when – you know, before the start, and he's paying 20 to 1. That nah, gone. So, yeah. And being able to get a bet on the on the GGs for a while. It's got to be um, – I just realized we're actually not going to do an episode until after the World's Road Race, so it's good that we touched on it. Oh, yeah. This is, we, we'd be sponsored by Sportsbet pretty soon, Bills, once you retire. <laughs> but who's, uh, who's your pick, though, for the, the road race? I'm going to – I have to – I have to go for Wout. I have to. Mm. I reckon Van Aert as well because I think that uh, he's like cursed. He's he's cursed in the small small group sprints. Like it's, he's lost a couple now. Yeah. And but that that's never that's not going to last forever. And yeah. also the sprint in Montreal well, was, I mean, it's a ridiculously hard race. It's five thousand meters of climbing. The the it's the first time I've seen Van Aert really on the limit there in Montreal. Like because. Those last three climbs in the last lap, Adam Yates was just – he was moving. And I so Van Aert's gone into the sprint after having made three really big efforts that had really pinned him. And then the sprint was also 300 metres at 4 or 5% uphill. Like, it's a kick yeah. that suited Pogacar. I think the yeah. world is going to be such a climb that's, that suits um, Van Aert, and then it's going to be – it's a flat sprint. So even if he goes to line with a small group, um, I, think, I think Van Aert's going to win as well. Bling's it's, paying nineteen dollars. That's juicy. Yeah, Bling's up as well. Bling's going. Bling's moving. He's going. The only mm. thing, and not not going to take anything away from him, if it comes down to him against a pure sprinter, or Wout, mm. he's a hard man sprinter. Yeah. Mm. Whereas, I think, like in Quebec, he was a little bit better. It's slightly uphill for the last k or so. It's it's quite quite a tough sprint as well. So the power to weight probably comes into a little bit more as well. Yeah. Sentimental favourites, Binium Gamay. But he's been with Crook, wasn't he? He was Crook, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, I think. I mean, I think Van Aert's obviously a, a pretty big favourite. I think Pogacar's also making a run. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Belgians the Belgians um, work the leadership with Remco and Van Aert. Good luck. Van der, Poel, Van der Poel's been quiet. He's been, no one's seen him since the Tour de France, really. So who knows what yeah, condition he's, he's in. There. He cooked yeah, he was, up. Yeah, mm. he wasn't going that good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Enough of cycling, mate. Jesus. That's it. What the hell is this? I <laughs> <laughs> oh, now before we go, Bill. It's like been on the there's, detour. There's yeah. A, yeah, I know. There's another thing on social that you post about the British bands, and I need to clear some air because you've been giving me shit all yeah, week. Yeah, well, deserve it. No, well, let's get Rowan in on this. Do, okay, do, we, yeah. oh, do you want me to grab the graphic, actually? Well, just shoot me up, mate. Hang on. Bully stirred the pot, and there was a – where did you pull it from, the picture? Uh, I think I, Hannah's old man had it or something. Right. So what it was is it, you have to pick – there's all the British bands in the history, and you can only save three. Which, which of the three do you save? 
So my pick, what were your picks first, Bills? Well, I picked my three, but I'm sort of, I've sort of had a bit of a reflection on it. I'm not so happy. I picked the Beatles, the Stones, and Dire Straits. And the reason I'll explain to you quickly why I picked those three. The reason I picked Dire Straits is I don't think they are one of the best three bands in British in British bands. Uh, the reason I picked them is because I listen to them a lot. When I'm cooking dinner and stuff, Dire Straits is quite a common playlist. So if I could only keep three, it would be it would have an effect on my life not to be able to listen to Dire Straits. That's why I picked them. I don't think they're the be- one of the best three bands that ever come out of Britain, but that's why I picked them. The Beatles I chose because they were trailblazers. We all know about the Beatles story. Agree with Beatles, yeah. Um, what about Ed Sheeran? Ed Sheeran, I picked. Can have Ed Sheeran. <laughs> and then the Stones. You can't. I can't let you, you can't can go old Chutney. Yeah. But I, I weighed up. I weighed up. The di- I basically had Dire Straits. I, the Stones was a Sheeran for me, number one. And then I had Dire Straits, the Beatles, and then I also had Led Zeppelin, which was I had in my three. Um, and I would maybe replace, I would maybe put them in now, Led Zepp, over. I mean, the Beatles is like a funny one for me because I don't necessarily listen to the Beatles that much. I don't necessarily love the Beatles that much. Not but I love, I love what they did and respect what they did and who they are. That's why I put them in there. Um, I had, I, 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 sorry? Huh? ABBA? ABBA, that's <laughs> Swedish, but they can fucking stay oh, up. Swedish. <laughs> Rowan, this is a serious chat. <laughs> Don't bring that other shit in here. Oh, I hate ever, man. There you go. Oh, There's your pick. Oh, oh, honestly, oh. yeah, it's throwing them under the bus. Pet We've got 10,000 bands to look at. That's like, a slap, that's like a slap in the face pick now. Ah, oh, Jesus. Well, I'll go through mine. I'll take Beatles, Oasis, and Coldplay. What a now, fucking joke. Like, wait, wait, Coldplay, leave, leave the show. Leave the okay, show. Okay, okay, okay. Coldplay, are you kidding me? Coldplay. 100, 100 million albums sold oh. worldwide. They are arguably the most successful band of the 21st century. This is by Forbes. Uh, a lot of fucking Muppets like you that listen to them. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame included a rush of blood to the head on their 200 definitive albums list and the single Yellow is part of their songs that shape rock and roll. Uh, and they donate 10% of all their profits to charity. It's oh, in a yeah, fund held in a bank account with the members oh, can't touch. donating to charity these days. Mate, are you a fan of R. Kelly as well? <laughs> oh, yeah, fuck off, mate. <laughs> Mate, Coldplay did one good album in 2008. They did Viva La Vida. That was the only good album they did. Are you a big fan of U2? Bono? U2? Not British-ish. Irish. Irish. But Jesus Christ, mate. Oasis, I understand the sentiment. You've seen Coldplay live. You're full of shit. I haven't. Didn't you go see him in Barca? I had tickets. You did go. I didn't go. I had tickets tickets to Coldplay and... In Manchester, and then I got called up to tour to Swiss Lake. But you were going. Yeah, but I didn't go, is the point. <laughs> oh, but you, oh, no, hang on, mate. Don't, <laughs> don't make out on this show that you're this hard ass <laughs> and you fucking bought tickets to Coldplay. And then when I said Coldplay, you oh, what? Hey, you were fucking going to the show, bro. You caught out. You full mate, of shit, mate. mate you were called, you're called out, you mate. Got <laughs> caught out, mate. <laughs> See, Billy, the fucking liar. But I wouldn't have gone to Coldplay over the Beatles, Led Zeppelin, Dyer, Oh, Strokes, No, Rolling no, no, Stones. that's not the question here. 
You go, you, I'm going to have to replay the tape. When I said Coldplay, you absolutely teed it off the bloody fucking first hole and creamed it, mate. Has signaled to us the TV empire. I'll take Beatles, Oasis and Coldplay. What now, a fucking joke. Like, wait, wait, Coldplay, Leave, leave the show. I'm afraid that the TV empire is going to say thank you very much on your bike, mate. And now you've got the, you're backpedaling big time, mate. I'm not you know how good Chris Martin is in front of 100,000, mate. You know, you just wanted that wristband on and get the bloody fix you. Bow stick out. Oh, my oh, yeah. God. Face you paint. love it, mate. Jesus, like you going to a circus. It. You love it. <laughs> ah, exposed. And this Oasis, I understand the edition. sentiment of Oasis. But... Oasis, you can't argue that. They, when they were at the Prime, I saw them at the Festival Hall here in Australia in 2005. It was 5,000 people, like tiny venue, and they absolutely annihilated it. And my mate ran into um, Liam Gallagher. He was going for a, a piss and Gallagher was off stage and he accidentally bumped into him. And this big security guard grabbed him and Gallagher goes, hey, fuck off, he's all right, mate. And I was like, what a fucking legend. I like Oasis. I, my old man will hate me for saying that because he hates Oasis, but I like Oasis. Their songs are pretty interchangeable. It's a bit like the Chili Peppers. I, I like them as well, but their yeah, songs all sound. Same, same. Yeah, but no, yeah, I understand the sentiment of Oasis. Mm. So, Rowan? So, Rowan's gone Ed Sheeran, U2, <laughs> and Coldplay. Elton John. Good, good Elton. mix. Good choice, Mate, I, I saw Elton live at the winery a couple years ago, yeah, Yellow it, Brick Road Tour. But it was bangers. Weird. Hey, it was weird when I saw him. It was back in 20, 2015, I think. I was um, there. I was with you. Yep. The, at Captain Cruise. Mate, we didn't do it, but it was a it was a weird night. But like the chair got broken in the stands. Yeah. They went, I'm not gonna name names, but they were off guts on I know exactly health. who that was. Yeah. Um but it wasn't me it was wrong. If he <laughs> he'd finish his song. He didn't say anything, just stood up and just went and went back to playing. Yeah. I'm like, and everyone's cheering. I'm like, what what just happened? They play Wonderwall. Play Wonderwall. (laughs) (laughs) But everyone's cheering. I'm like, that was really, it was just odd. It was a little bit odd. Like, right. It was a good concert, though. It was intimate. Like an intimate venue, there's only about 500 people there or something. That was, was pretty yeah. cool. No, I wouldn't put him down anyway. Um, so I, Ed Sheeran, you two, and Elton John. Yeah, what? No, nah, I, I, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say the word. Uh, the I'd have to go with you, Billy. I'm not a huge, uh, huge music person, but you can't go past the, the three you picked. Yeah, good man. Mine is Leb Zeppelin. I always said you're intelligent and uh, a street bloke. Thanks, Ron. Thanks for coming on, mate. Been a bloody good show. Bit of a kiss. Yeah, it's pretty cracker. I um I got an example for you of you know you said all Oasis songs sound the same. How do I pronounce that? Oh, Oasis. Yeah. This is this is from uh, Hey Hey at Saturday. How long is this journey? It's a kicker here. Right. 
It's like that's the funny. I don't, I don't know why hey, hey, I don't know why hey, hey got the axe. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was because they're racist. That's right. That's right. Thanks for coming on, Rowan. Um, enjoy the offie, mate. We'll have to get a beer. Yeah. Enjoy your brother's wedding. This time I won't spill it. Twice. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't do it at the Irish. There's too mate. many lost souls down there, mate. <laughs> mate, you get the five litre. If you spill a bit, it doesn't really matter. It's a great day down there. So oh, that, yeah. that is a great option. <laughs> and uh, make sure you... I don't think you're selling your T-shirts, are you? So buy our T-shirts and our hats. We'll put the yep. description Merch. to the shop in the... Merch. In the um, description to this show. The link to the shop. No, I think I think this has been a good tryout for a replacement for GB. Yeah. If he finally decides to give us the lemon and sass bills. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Good. We'll have to um, saddle you up. What would you hey. go for? Off-season shirts, ship ride a great bloke. So off-season or is that that's that's the offie? And that's then when you're in season, great rider, ship bloke. Yeah, it's sort of you can wear both throughout the whole year. Let's be honest. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get you one. We'll get you one. I got some on the way. Right, yeah. thanks, guys. Right. Have a uh, see you next time. Yeah, Cheers, guys. Well, I won't see you next time, Ryan, but I'll see you next time, Jonesy. I'll see yeah. you around. Can't wait yeah. to hear what George says about your cold pay plick. Cold pay plick. Plick. Pick. Plick. So you rattled because you know you're a hoax. Oh. Clip. Clip. You're a prick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> You talk absolute shit. <laughs> uh, do, why uh, do people listen to this show? I don't know, man. <laughs> we're cutting the hey-hey Saturday bit out. That's <laughs> we're like a fucking lead sink of that thing. <laughs> You're a brick. <laughs> a plick. You cold play plick. See, you fucking rattle because you're a liar. <laughs> you're a prick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <Good laughs> <out. laughs>